Hey everyone, this is Mark Ruffalo, and you're listening to News Coup with Public Herald. One does not necessarily allow the state to define what is legal. Now, the state has the power to enforce a certain concept of what is legal, but power doesn't imply justice or correctness even. Throughout American history, the political leaders have always exhorted the American people to be nice and quiet and leave things to them. But when very serious evils confronted the American people, they had to go beyond the congressmen and the senators, and they had to commit civil disobedience, and they had even to break the law. This is News Coup, a Public Herald Studios production where we overthrow the status quo. I'm Joshua Probanek, Editor-in-Chief at Public Herald, and today is Episode 19, and the first story of our new Yellowstone series, titled Government Uses Poison Linked to Parkinson's in Montana Waterways Since 1948. The story was written by Emma Lichtwart and myself, and edited by Mitch Rainey. The Yellowstone series from Public Herald is investigating the pollution and treatment of waterways in Montana and throughout the United States. Public Herald is not taking a position in the Yellowstone series, but we'll be doing our due diligence to bring to light stories that have been withheld from the public. On this, we want to be clear that the messaging surrounding Rotenone is out of touch with science and its connection to Parkinson's. The top issue standing out to us is the communication about toxicity in the chemical's half-life, as well as the relationship to Parkinson's. For toxicity, it's clear that not enough work has been done find out how the chemical applications impact the food chain or food web of our ecosystems, as well as consumption of trout exposed to rotenone. And secondly, the half-lives referenced by the state of 14 hours and 24 hours or even days isn't consistent with studies showing rotenone's ability to persist in environments for weeks to months, depending upon a variety of conditions. In the best of all possible worlds, a short half-life is possible, but in reality, it's just not that simple. This the public should know and should have more up-to-date studies being shared with them by the state to be fully informed rather than simply anecdotes about Rotino not being a threat. Thirdly, as with many investigations Public Herald has conducted, something is awry in how testing is performed. Studies have indicated that more sensitive methods can detect Rotino 10 times longer in an environment than older methods. This warrants crucial scrutiny since far too often we come across stories where testing is either outdated or creating results that favor a specific narrative rather than using fact-based science to determine if there's a better way to discover results. We should always be cautious of the government when talking about pesticides or chemicals in general. Their errors in the past have cost generations have cost generations serious health problems. Uh, whether that's the errors that they made in glyphosate and Roundup or the ones that were made with atrazine or what they allowed chemical companies to do with PFAS. The list of chemicals that are carcinogenic or neurodegenerative just to us is long. How those chemicals are impacting the wildlife around us we hunt and fish or interact with is another story because we don't have agencies that are set up to give us the kind of maximum contaminant levels for wildlife that we get for humans. It's with this that Public Herald will be moving forward in this series, doing what we can to work for the public interest 
as we've done state to state for the last decade, earning the public trust of readers across the nation. And if you're new to Public Herald and News Coup and you want to support this work, you can go to patreon.com slash public herald. Our patrons are partly responsible for funding this story. And there you'll get access to all of the investigative documentary films that Public Herald has done and exclusives like the, the full interview with FWP in this report and other people that we talked to. And with that, we'll jump into the story. Yellowstone, a Montana-based neo-Western television series created in the summer of 2018, has become the most-watched show in America, amassing over 12.4 million viewers on the opening of its fifth season this November 2022. Set in the cities of Bozeman and Helena, and in the mountain ranges of the Yellowstone National Park, creators Taylor Sheridan and John Linson built Yellowstone's theme around a fictional Montana rancher named John Dutton. Played by award-winning actor Kevin Costner, Dutton faces off against two Western worlds, the old versus the new Montana. For five seasons, audiences have flocked to watch the Yellowstone Dutton Ranch Cowboys fight off developers, capitalism, Native Americans, environmental activists, Californians, wealthy fly fishermen, and woke culture from destroying the rancher's western way of life. In episode 2 of season 5, that fight took an unlikely turn toward pollution. In a flashback, cowboy Rip Wheeler recalls riding up a creek on the Yellowstone Dutton Ranch, where he and a young Dutton find dead fish and livestock after government-approved contractors had sprayed Paraquat. What are you spraying it with? Paraquat for the weeds. What? Some kind of pyrethroid for mosquitoes. It's my ranch down there. Whatever you're spraying it with, it's in the creek now. It's killing my cattle. It's killing everything. Well, I'm licensed to spray it. These are EPA approved. I don't give a shit who approved it. It's killing my cattle. Take it up with the EPA. Phone company says put in a cell tower. That's what we do. I can't get a bulldozer up here to the top of the mountain. This is the only way to clear it. The EPA says it's harmless. It's killing my cattle. Sadly, the poison creek depicted in Yellowstone isn't entirely fiction. In the real world, Paraquat is one of the most widely used weed-killing chemicals on the planet, rivaling even glyphosate, the active ingredient in Monsanto's Roundup. Paraquat has been manufactured and marketed since the mid-1960s by Syngenta AG. Now, the Chinese-owned producer has come under fire for undisclosed health risks linked to that chemical. The active ingredient in Paraquat has been shown to pose a myriad of potential health risks, and at the top of the list is Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's is considered one of the fastest-growing neurological disorders in the world, and the possible ties to Paraquat have been gaining traction for years. Public Herald has found that since 1948, in the name of conservation, 
the Montana government has been using another poison linked to Parkinson's disease in lakes, ponds, and rivers across the state. August of 2022, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, FWP, administered a fourth round of a fish-killing chemical poison, rotenone, to the North Fork of Spanish Creek, a tributary to the Gallatin River watershed outside of Bozeman, Montana. First registered in the U.S. in 1947, rotenone has been grouped together with other pesticides, including paraquat, into a category of chemicals that are known to increase the risks of Parkinson's disease. Since 2019, FWP has been applying rotenone using backpack sprayers and drip stations to the North Fork of Spanish Creek in an attempt to restore native West Slope cutthroat trout, WCT, populations. As the North Fork of Spanish Creek gurgles through a remote landscape on the way to the Gallatin River outside of Bozeman, it passes through the media mogul Ted Turner's Flying D Ranch, one of the largest private ranches in the state. Portions of this project have taken place on Turner's land with help from Turner Biodiversity, who organized partners and funds for the work. As they state on their website, quote, the establishment of a self-sustaining population of cutthroat trout large enough to withstand environmental and demographic stochasticity and likely to persist over the long term with little or no human intervention. When Public Herald learned Montana was using rotenone to restore WCT populations, our first thought was Parkinson's. In a variety of credible scientific studies, rotenone has been routinely linked to Parkinson's disease. Specifically, rotenone is used in lab settings to induce systems of Parkinson's disease in rats. We cite five of these studies in this report. Public Herald first contacted Mike Duncan, a FWP Madison Gallatin fisheries biologist, in October 2021, who stated that he was, quote, not familiar, end quote, with the ample studies connecting rotenone and Parkinson's disease, despite the agency's continued use of the chemical. Yeah, and I'm not familiar with those studies. Duncan implied that because FWP conservation projects use such low amounts of rotenone, there shouldn't be a problem with toxicity. Um, we typically treat um, it's that with trout, um, we can usually get away with parts per million. So usually not more than one part per million, usually much less than that um, with pretty low doses. I don't know what that would be relative to, you know, without reading those studies, what they're applying it at. Duncan maintains, quote, I haven't seen anything that um, would kind of lead you down that path to, to think that there's any long-term effects for, for humans or any other wildlife. But that doesn't mean long-term effects haven't been well-documented. From a story published by the Santa Fe New Mexican, two hydrogeologists blamed Rotenone for their diagnosis of Parkinson's disease after they applied the chemical in, quote, one of the biggest fish kill operations in U.S. history. End quote. At ages 34 and 37, their diagnosis put them in a group of 2% or less who have developed the disease before the age of 60.
FWP's own 2019 draft environmental assessment report on rotenone use states, quote, concern over a potential link between rotenone and Parkinson's disease often emerges in pesticide projects. It is difficult to evaluate the potential risk to humans of developing Parkinson's disease from aquatic applications of rotenone projects, end quote. However, the report's findings don't appear to have been communicated with FWP fisheries biologist Mike Duncan or included in public notifications of its use. The Public Herald has contacted several scientists. However, no one has been able to comment on the toxicity or use of rotenone. Instead, only one biologist, who we cite later on, uh, gives their opinion about studies that report on the toxicity of its use. In October 2020-22, the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, told Public Herald that they do not track rotenone usage on a national level and that permitting for the chemical is managed on the state level. The national data for its use is limited to non-existent. FWP records obtained by Public Herald show that since 1948, Montana agencies have applied rotenone 253 times at more than 200 different water bodies to an estimated length of 533 miles of surface water throughout the state. Each one of these locations and the amount that was used and how much was applied to how many miles of surface water is embedded in a spreadsheet in the report at publicherald.org slash rotenone. In an email correspondence with FWP, it was confirmed that the majority of Montana's rotenone projects are conservation-related. In other words, projects where non-native fish are killed off, as well as some aquatic invertebrates, and the subject area is repopulated with native species. A much smaller portion of projects involving the use of rotenone is dedicated to the removal of invasive species or illegal introductions, or are intended to benefit native or non-native sport fisheries. However, the state has a shaky history with rotenone usage for conservation purposes, such as in 2010, when Cherry Creek was accidentally poisoned with rotenone four miles below the conservation treatment area, and the FWP had no idea how it happened. Though requested, FWP hasn't been able to provide Public Herald with results from the program that verify the effectiveness of rotenone use to restore cutthroat trout and eliminate non-native competitors. Even with evidence of the program's success, however, questions would remain. How long does it work? What is the cost to the overall environment? How much does it cost to maintain efficacy? For its origins, rotenone is derived from the roots of several tropical members of the legume family categorized as an isoflavin. Rotenone blocks the cellular uptake of oxygen and is very effective at killing gilled animals. If ingested or long exposure times occur, Rotenone can be deadly to gilled and non-gilled animals alike. A study from 2014 found that, quote, following oral ingestion, clinical signs of rotenone toxicosis may include pharyngitis, nausea, vomiting, gastric pain, clonic convulsions, muscle tremors, lethargy, incontinence, and respiratory stimulation followed by depression. Respiratory depression and seizures led to hypoxemia and hypercampnia. Exposure to rotenone to dust via inhalation can cause pulmonary irritation and asphyxia. In rats and dogs, 
experimental inhalation of retinone dust produced onset of signs earlier than following oral ingestion, end quote. But FWP and other conservation efforts around the country, as well as articles in fly fishing magazines and elsewhere, have used terms like, quote, naturally derived, organic, and plant-based, end quote, when describing known, creating an illusion of safety and non-toxicity to the public. The Xerces Society for Invertebrate Conservation has found known to be particularly harmful to native bee populations, stating that, quote, organic does not mean benign, end quote. For the wildlife in Montana, when it comes to the effects of known, Mike Duncan says, It's perfectly fine if a bear, raccoon, we, we see it a lot, um, eating dead fish. Um, it, it only prevents the gills from taking in oxygen, and so it's perfectly fine for a bear, bear to come down and, and eat a bunch of uh, dead fish or even drink the water. Um, humans, we, we post it um, throughout the treatment area, um, nearby trailheads, a couple public releases um, that we recommend not drinking the water, um, either for livestock or um, pets, human consumption. But honestly, it would take a large of drinking a large amount at the concentrations we treat at to hurt a human. It's not recommended. I wouldn't personally drink the water out of the stream, but it's not going to kill someone. Is FWP using an amount of rotenone that would kill a human who drinks treated water? Probably not. Duncan is right about that. But the risks are not black and white. A disease like Parkinson's has chronic effects that sometimes don't manifest until many years later. If a chemical being used by the state in public waterways has even a small potential to cause chronic disease or poses any threat to health, state agencies and the public should be well informed of the risks prior to public comment. With regards to wildlife, no precautions have been taken by FWP to prevent eagles or other predators from eating the dead fish after they've been poisoned by rotenone. FWP told Public Herald in October 2021 that rotenone-treated fish are not collected after treatments and are left to float to the surface, lining the stream banks and lake edges until they eventually decompose, making them prime picking for ample fish-eating wildlife in the surrounding areas. For the fate of the dead fish, FWP's environmental assessment report states, quote, Terrestrial scavengers contribute to the disappearance of carcasses, and pesticide-killed fish do not present health risks to organisms consuming them. Previous treatments have shown that fish killed by rotenone rapidly decay and are difficult to find even after a few days post-treatment, end quote. FWP's conclusions about rotenone's impacts to wildlife post-treatment rely often on testing model studies that were performed in the 1980s. Quote, Rotenone has a half-life of 14 hours at 24 degrees Celsius and 84 hours at 0 degrees Celsius. These studies were done by Philip A. Gilderhaus in 1986 and 1988, and they continue to say that, meaning that the half-life of rotenone is deactivated and is no longer toxic in that time. End quote. Though according to Microbac Laboratories, Rotenone degradation is not as simple as FWP reports to the public. Depending upon a variety of conditions, that is sunlight, temperature, and sediment, rotenone could decay rapidly within 24 hours or take months. A quote from their website states, Because of all these factors, a 
aquatic systems treated with rotenone cannot be labeled as non-toxic until the system has been analyzed for rotenone and its degradation products, as well as other chemicals found in various rotenone formulations. The analytical methods used to determine the levels of rotenone and other chemicals must be sensitive enough to detect these compounds in low parts per billion levels and specific enough to ensure identification of each compound, end quote. And that's where things get a little fishy, is what instruments are sensitive enough to determine rotenone, and and are those the instruments that the state's using? A 2015 study out of New Zealand that used, quote, gamma distribution to determine half-life of rotenone applied in freshwater, end quote, had a similar concern. This study looked at whether a more sensitive model for testing would change the dissipation results of rotenone in a treated water body. It found that when using this model, the half-life range of rotenone was 10 times longer, in this case 50 days, over the usual method to determine its half-life. Therefore, if federal and state governments used more sensitive models for testing rotenone post-treatment, what would the results be? In the food chain, studies on rotenone following applications are limited. A report for Washington State notes that up to 0.696 parts per million of rotenone was detected in dead fish residue. They're referencing the 1986 study from Gilderhaus that Montana used for its own assessments, and that these concentrations were low enough to be insignificant to wildlife feeding on the carcass. For humans, EPA has established an acute dietary risk of rotenone toxicity at 0.01117 milligrams per kilograms per day in 2007, but has yet to establish an acute dietary risk for terrestrial wildlife. In a 2002 study on rats, an injection of low-dose rotenone at 1.5 milligrams per kilograms per day over two months was enough to produce Parkinson's symptoms. Following studies linking rotenone to Parkinson's in 2004, EPA required a human health, quote, subchronic 28-day inhalation neurotoxicity study, end quote, since it was registered as a residential and agricultural use product. In response, industry withdrew its registration of rotenone for all uses except pesticide, negating EPA's need to perform a human health study. As of 2022, EPA's Health Effects Division, HED, attempted to minimize the growing body of independent studies identifying rotenone's relationship to Parkinson's, publicly stating, quote, there was insufficient epidemiological evidence to conclude that there is a clear associative or causal relationship between rotenone exposure and Parkinson's disease, end quote. HED's evaluation was based on eight cherry-picked studies, excluding the majority of the work. Chronic effects of rotenone toxicity in the food supply are not well understood. EPA reports generally cite its ability to either break down quickly or metabolize into non-toxic excretable substances. But the explanation of toxicity for rotenone isn't enough for biology professor Dr. John Stoltz, director of the Center for Environmental Research and Education at Duquesne University, who studied the impacts of chemicals in the food supply. Stoltz says, quote, Bottom line is, they don't want to pay people to capture fish. They just want to throw in chemicals to kill everything. It's the same thing as atrazine, 
in a sense that they don't want to hire workers to pick weeds, so spray atrazine instead. Then you find out atrazine is a hormone that causes problems, or in the case of glyphosate, it's now being detected in children's Cheerios." End quote. Dr. Stoltz believes that the indiscriminate use of a toxic chemical has ramifications for the food web and that safer methods should be used. To discharge rotenone, FWP must obtain an EPA permit, which opens the process up to public comment. That permit is part of the National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System, or NPDES program, under the Clean Water Act, which is aimed at eliminating, quote, the discharge of pollution into navigable waters by 1985, end quote. Unfortunately, instead of ending pollution of waterways, the Nipides permitting system actually prolongs it. In Montana, EPA delegates its Nipides permit authority to Montana Department of Environmental Quality, DEQ. For now, both agencies handle enforcement and funding of the Nipides program. If DEQ falls short of their duties, EPA could end the state's control. For this story, Public Herald requested DEQ's violation records for Nipides permits using Rotenone. However, DEQ has not responded to the request. In November 2022, EPA told Public Herald that DEQ is undergoing, quote, management changes, end quote, and they have no contact for the Nipides program at this time. In terms of public comment on rotenone treatments, under Montana law, FWP is required to, quote, implement programs that manage sensitive fish species in a manner that assists in the maintenance or recovery of those species, and that prevents the need to list the species under Section 87-5-107 MCA or the Federal Endangered Species Act. Despite this law, the Montana Rotenone projects are unsettling to some residents of the state who find the use of chemicals in such conservation projects to be unnecessarily harmful to river ecosystems, as well as the existing fish populations, be they native or non-native. Dan Green, a local fly fisherman who's fished the Madison River for 17 years and lives near Quake Lake, told Public Herald, quote, I mean, playing God with the water is like high-holing mother nature herself. The term high-holing refers to someone stealing another person's fishing spot, a reprehensible act in the fly fishing community. Public comment periods are used by the state to inform and seek public opinion from state residents about projects carried out on public land. In the case of the Spanish Creek Rotenone Project, the comment period lasted from May 19th to June 3rd, 2021, Within those 15 days, Montanans were expected to not only learn about and comment on the Spanish Creek Rotenone project, but 21 additional fish removal projects proposed for the state. News coverage for the 22 Rotenone projects was weak at best, with not a single outlet citing the chemicals linked to Parkinson's. The information distributed to the public simply repeated organic talking points provided by the state's press release. Overall, only 209 comments were received, 172 were in favor of rotenone use. The photographs in this report that depicted rotenone sprayers and drip stations were sourced from the Soda Butte Creek Cutthroat Restoration Project in Yellowstone National Park, YMP, which operates independently from FWP. For this project in 2015, 56 comments were collected by the National Park Service. A majority of them were against it. 29 comments were opposed to the proposed action, 20 supported it, 
four were in favor of non-native removal, but not with the use of pesticide, and three were unable to discern support or opposition, or were duplicate entry. No comments on file addressed concerns over Parkinson's disease. For alternatives to Rotenone, Public Herald spoke with Michael Garrity, the executive director of Alliance for the Wild Rockies, who talked to us about Rotenone treatments in the name of conservation. One of the few people who has written against Rotenone in Montana, Garrity asserted that the chemical conservation is not really conservation at all if it renders delicate ecosystems sterile and or disrupted for prolonged periods of time. That is, in regards to the potentially viable alternatives such as electrofishing. Electrofishing temporarily shocks fish in a section of water using an electric current. The fish floats to the surface and can be counted for assessment and returned to the river safely or permanently removed. In July 2021, Garrity wrote a piece in the Daily Montanan detailing the lengths a Wyoming town went through to halt the Rotenone project in a local stream. Allegedly a successful endeavor, the conservation effort was attempted using what was considered safe alternatives to Rotenone that is, electrofishing and increased catch limits of non-native species. In this piece, Garrity raises a valid question. If Wyoming can do better, why can't Montana? Public Herald's findings in this report were sent for comment to Montana U.S. Senator Steve Daines, Governor Greg Gianforte, Yellowstone National Park Service, as well as Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Senator Daines and Governor Gianforte have not responded, while YMP stated that they have no comment at this time. It should be noted that in the report where we cite YMP's public comments, uh, you can go to that document and read their comments to everybody else's concerns. FWP has informed Public Herald that it would take up to 20 days process a response. If and when they do, we'll be sure to update this report, and you can find that at publicherald.org slash Public Herald would like to recognize the historical context for this report, the encroachment of environmentally dangerous solutions for invasive species, and the inevitable impacts to water, land, air, and community are nothing new to indigenous cultures across the globe. It's certainly not new to the native people of the Americas, who have lost and are still losing their clean water and air, their land and community, their culture and people to industrial colonization, far longer than anyone else in what is now called the United States. For today's story. Coming up in 2023 for Public Herald's Yellowstone series, we're going to be talking about the government's road to known process and science, fly fishing stories in Montana where road to known is used, alternatives for Montana in regards to road to known, 
mapping a history of this water pollution in the state and come back to this whole idea of the Yellowstone series on television and this fight between the old Montana and the new Montana. We hope you enjoyed episode 19 of News Coup. If you did and you want to support this work and this series throughout 2023, you can go to patreon.com and for as little as a dollar a month, get access to all of our exclusives and documentaries that we've published, as well as exclusive audio interviews in this report that will only be published there. I want to thank everybody in Montana who helped us put this story together. And for anyone out there that has more stories about Road to Known or wants to submit their own comments about it, you can do that at publicherald.org. You can go to our about page and find our email there or go to our team page and email us individually. And if you don't have the funds to support us right now, you can also lend a hand by rating this podcast wherever you end up listening to podcasts. Doing that will help move it up in the feed. And you can subscribe to Public Herald on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash publicherald. And there we're going to be publishing different videos from this piece throughout 2023. This first story in the Yellowstone series was authored by Emma Lichtwart and myself with editing from Mitch Rainey and podcast work from Andrew Geller. Today's music was brought to you by Heavy Color from the Invisible Hands soundtrack, which can be downloaded at Bandcamp. To get the latest on these reports, you can also go to publicherald.org and subscribe to us there and see each one that gets installed at publicherald.org slash Yellowstone series. We want to thank our patrons at Patreon who helped make this report possible. The Yellowstone series from Public Herald is investigating the pollution and treatment of waterways in Montana and throughout the United States. If you have a story to share about water, contact our team. For more stories in this series, subscribe to News Coup. I'm Joshua Probanek, and we'll see you at the next story.